Welcome to Zero Knowledge, a podcast where we explore the latest in blockchain technology and the decentralized web. The show is hosted by me, Anna. And me, Frederick. In this episode, we share some insights from the folks who went to the UX Unconference this week in Toronto. So we're here in Toronto. That's how you say it as a Canadian. Toronto. Toronto. Uh, right now I'm sitting with Frederick and I'm sitting with Mache. Hey, glad to be here. Always a pleasure. Yeah, Mache's been on our podcast before uh, some time ago. We, we're here in Toronto because, um, I think mainly because of EdCon. So EdCon was happening. And it was pretty cool as there were some events around it, some before, some after. This episode is actually going to be focusing on an event that happened post-EdCon. It was called the Web3 UX Unconference. And this was a very different kind of conference. This wasn't sort of sitting and watching panels. It was a really engaged workshop-style roundtable with a smaller group but a high quality of people there. It was really great, I thought. Yeah, and just like, uh, it's, it's basically all the people that are working on the UX problems of this space. And there are plenty of them and um you know in the interviews coming I, i'm sure we'll dig into some of those problems but like it's metamask my crypto and like all the big players who are working like dealing with users uh just trying to make this something that is usable by you know normal people and and who just like are interested in using the technology um which is uh you know something that isn't really seen all that much like it's the space is very much still in this land of like by developers for developers uh, kind of feeling um, and like traders have come in and sort of made like they have completely different requirements and, and, and different sort of attitudes to things as well. Uh, so I think that just normal user experience doesn't get enough attention. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so, the unconference is a very necessary thing. Like the UX in general is like this child that's like been left over, left on the side uh, when we are talking about crypto. It's like everyone cares about scaling and sharding and security and all this other stuff, which is really important uh, and kind of like leaves the the actual like human interaction of this stuff in the, in the shadows. And, and, you know, we should actually look at it because this technology is kind of useless if people don't use it, right? So this is sort of a, an interesting episode. Um, we're going to be doing it a little bit different. What we, what we ended up doing was we interviewed um, a bunch of people who came to the event, and we asked them a small selection of questions. I asked actually the same questions to everybody. And what we're going to do is cut together a little bit of a highlight of some of the answers that we got from these participants. Um, yeah, and this is sort of the first of its kind on this podcast that we're trying to do kind of an event podcast so yeah i hope it i hope it makes sense and brings some insight into what we actually talked about so here we go name is dan swee i run kyoken we're a software engineering consultancy that is based in the san francisco bay area uh, we run a remote first uh, distributed engineering team that builds products, services, and implements protocols for public chains. Um, 
Dan, you're part of, you actually helped put this event together. Can you tell me a little bit about how it came to be? Plasma researcher David Knott is basically the inspiration for this event. I hung out with him in Bangkok after an ETH Bangkok meetup, and we discussed their ongoing work on the Plasma SDK and how challenging it was going to be for them to talk to the other wallet teams and integrate uh, like their scaling solution with existing users um, and to kind of give you the other side of the of the problem like we work very closely with metamask team and interact with my crypto team um, uh, scaling solutions like plasma are very far down their roadmap because there's so many real user problems that need to be solved so uh, the point of of this unconference is to allow these teams to meet and discuss and share ideas and work in person without uh, all of the overhead of the standard like like channels and setting up meetings yeah and what's what's sort of different about this event what's different about this event is that it maximizes for global value to the space versus all the other things that you could maximize for when you're planning an event we're, we're not trying to pump a project or uh, like participate in any ICO nonsense the the filter for people to attend this event were uh, individuals that were working full-time on product with real users in, in the space. So the participants of this event, like the value that they get, get out of it will translate directly to value to uh, real users that are that are transacting. Um, and they're like, we've sort of not added any other uh, complexity to it. What do you think we can learn from Web 2.0? As an entrepreneur, the most important thing I think that we can learn from Web 2.0 is that in order to get to Web 2.0, there was a nuclear winter during which you couldn't get a U-Haul out of San Francisco because they weren't coming back. And the projects that are currently working in the space, some of them have a hint of this in just a macroeconomic sense that they know that there are bubbles. But most of them either haven't lived it or haven't read about it or, or really like felt that. And... Um, like learning that firsthand, I think, is going to be a mark of maturity. Um, what is an exciting new idea in UX, a project or paradigm that you've recently seen? So I was kind of busy and I wasn't able to watch all the talks, but I, I heard in like from the other attendees that there was uh, there was a f there were a few talks about multi-signing and using account abstraction to basically like generate. Uh, device specific keys and it, like like I, I like the way that the presenter phrased it which was like I'm basically tricking users into using a multi-sig let's do more of that I think that's that's really exciting and I think that as that infrastructure uh, gets built there's the second order effect of like people have better and more ideas and they'll, and they'll tweak the flows and it'll just be it'll just be good times so do you want to just introduce yourself in one sentence I'm Philip, and I am a freelancer for smart contract development on, on Ethereum. I used to work for Xerox for uh, about six months last year, and then I started in January to, to act more as a freelancer. What are your thoughts on the current state of UX? There's definitely a lot of pain points, and I think it's we don't necessarily realize it when we're so used to being in a blockchain space. And, you know, like, I think... The most obvious one is paying for every transaction. To me, that's, that's probably the worst user experience. What do you think the biggest mistake in UX in blockchain has been? At least from the Ethereum, in the world of Ethereum, 
the main UX problem that I've seen is that every action on a blockchain requires a transaction. And what I mean by this is uh, if you take the standard ERC-20 standard, which is how token operates on most of the tokens are on, on Ethereum, if you want people to transfer funds from your account to somewhere else, or it could be a smart contract. If you want a smart contract, give permission to a smart account to transfer some of your tokens to another tokens, which is necessary, for example, for decentralized exchanges and other things like that. Um, it's required first to approve the contract. And then secondly, the contract has to withdraw. But there's other way of doing it where you don't need two transactions or minimum of two transactions. You can, you could, for example, sign a message saying, this contract is able to withdraw my funds or this amount of funds and that reduced the amount of transaction required by half. And there's a lot of instances where people really should utilize off-chain solution instead of on-chain solution. And I think in the last six months, I've seen a lot of people starting to realize that most of what they're trying to implement can be done without interacting with the blockchain by just having these kind of off-chain solutions. And I think that's really like, from a user perspective, it's much better because you have much less uh, transaction, much less, and reduce the, um, the load on the network as well. So it's just better for everyone. What is an exciting new idea in UX, a project or a new paradigm? I think part of the talks and discussions, everything regarding making key management more efficient so not having to care as much as your private key not having to have to, to be still able to interact with the blockchain without having funds um, i think there has been a lot of discussion around this at edcon and at this unconference ux unconference and i think this is a huge change in paradigm that we're going to see in the next year for for the ethereum community where you know users can still interact with the blockchain without having any crypt cryptocurrencies or they could still they could still lose their private key and have a mean to recover it. Or they could, you know, have these all these extra security layers that most regular user in the real world, outside world, um, are expecting to have when they have an account. Uh, having one account for Twitter, be it you log in on your phone, be it you log in on, on your, your laptop, uh, I think people expect that. And I think there's a lot of ideas around this that are coming that will make it easier. What did you think about this event? I'm not a UX designer at all. As I said, I'm, I'm fully back-end. And for me, it was really interesting to see like the discussion around the UX and the kind of problems people are struggling. Because a lot of the times, I didn't realize that some of the solution that like gives a better user experience are actually uh, coming from the people that are more technical and more deeper in the protocol, that some solutions that are more technical than designer, like how to show this information, can actually lead to significant user experience. And... Talking to other people made me realize that yeah, actually, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for anyone to participate and improve the user experience, not just the people that design the interface that the user interact with. I'm Alex van der Sande. I've been working on the Ethereum Foundation since 2014, and I lead the the Ethereum Wallet and the Myth Browser projects. Last year, I was deeply involved in launching ENS, um, and this year, I've been involved in like in multiple ERC discussions. How do you feel about the event so far? I really like the format of a roundtable discussion. This sort of event makes the roundtable discussions the most important thing. And because they are very focused and they have all the main, all the main players of, of, of the ecosystem, they are together, they are very interested in interacting and finding solutions together. It usually is very productive. Last year, we have a very similar format on ENS discussions, and it was very, very good and very productive. 
If you were to pick one UX pain point in blockchain, what would that be? So one of the things we often underestimate is the effect of, of how you got in the system, right? So the way you got into the system really affects how you behave and how you think and why you do it. And one of the things that you need to do in order to, to, to execute anything on, on, like on the Ethereum ecosystem is you need to have Ether. And the only place you can get Ether is via an exchange or buying it somehow. So we might think, whenever you're building an app, you might think that your onboarding process starts when they download the app or when they go to your site, but that's not true. The real entrances in this ecosystem are exchanges. And those are exchanges that will ask for a ton of personal information that will require a lot of documentation and work and, and, and will not accept credit cards. And then they filter out a lot of people that are, are just barely interested in the topic and they, they heavily bias people who are into it for investment or trading and things like that, right? So I think it really, the ecosystem, here's an example. The way it changes the ecosystem can be seen in things like the apps. One of the reasons probably that a lot of apps are related to flipping and trading and, and things like that is probably because the people who are able to do those apps are people who came into the ecosystem because they wanted to flip tokens. And now suddenly they find the opportunity to flip cats or flip robots or flip just virtual nonsense because they, they find that to be fun. And I think one of the things that we really, really, really need to do to solve that onboarding process is really solve how you get your first coin or how you get, how you earn your first coin or maybe how you can interact it without having to earn any coin at all. What do you think in terms of UX was the biggest mistake or direction that was taken specifically in blockchain I don't think there was any big decision that was made that was a mistake in the sense that we can't fix it, right? I, I really think that there, we are so early in the space that we really can fix most of those stuff. Uh, I, would, I would say, just also because that's what I've been talking to everyone here, is that I think one of the things that we should, we should do differently from now on is that we shouldn't treat private keys as the thing that identify you, right? And the thing that you, you use to log in into things and the thing that, and, and also the same place you keep tokens and funds. In my opinion, we should just stop putting eaters, stop putting tokens into accounts, right? Don't store funds using private keys. You should, we should use those private keys as just authorization tokens where you can sign messages and then send it to a contract, which can be done in a much better way with a lot more recovery options, which a lot more, with a lot more creative options. And that contract can be controlled by that private key. But the private key itself should, some, should be something that if you lose it, it's not a problem, right? And, and that's because by focusing on, on only this idea where you keep private keys and then you put money on it, that's how you get to like 
uh, $80 million hard drive that is lost in a, in a dumpster, right? Or, or a lot of similar stories like this. We should, private key, private key should not be to store funds, in my opinion. What are your last thoughts? UX, blockchain, this event. One of the interesting things I've noticed is that Like last year, we had like the ICO craze, right? And that was heavily criticized. And I, and, and I agree that we, we've, some projects have gone too far and there are a lot of projects that raise too much money and that's bad. But on the other hand, a few projects that did raise tons of money are suddenly like in a, another level, right? If you take a look at what, what Aragon is doing or what Status is doing, They are not playing around anymore, right? The level that they are playing, it really doesn't feel like this hobby thing that we've been doing a few years ago. Like just two years ago, everyone was just in it together for like hobby and fun, etc. And suddenly now they have like a lot of designers and usability studies and user testing and good typography and a lot of things like that that really show that we are playing the big leagues now. And I think that's super exciting, right? It shows that, yes, there, there was some excess last year, but that doesn't mean that every single ICO was, was failed. And I think some people who have a lot of money are doing some very good things with it. And I think that's fantastic thing, like even in like the user experience point of view. I'm Johnny Howell. I'm the lead product designer at Uport. Uport is a spoke or a startup, I guess, at Consensus. And Consensus is an Ethereum venture studio. What UX mistake do you think has already kind of been made, like in terms of a paradigm that everybody's using or sort of language that everybody's using? Like, what is a mistake with today's system? Private key management is one, transactions and understanding the concept of gas um, is second. There's some people working on whether or not we should just abstract gas away from certain users. Uh, so maybe that won't be a problem very much longer. Um, another pain point is language. I think Andreas Antonopoulos sp speaks a lot about this when he gets a UX question, and it's this idea that wallets don't actually function like wallets, coins don't actually function like coins, gas kind of functions like gas, but obviously the metaphor isn't one-to-one. -one. Um, I guess that's why it's a metaphor, but... Um, There's a number of language issues. Smart contracts really are just programs. Um, accounts and identities um, are, are words that don't really map on to what's happening either. I mean, contracts and entities and programs can have identities too that are the same as identities for people. If you could pick one pain point that you think is like the main pain point, I know there's a couple, what would that be? I think the obvious one is the reliance on seed phrases um, and physical pieces of paper, ultimately. Um, that is just an untenable state of affairs. What are previous experiments or research, doesn't have to actually be in blockchain, it could be in anything, that you think we could use as we build out new UX for Web3? If we move pre-internet, there are a lot of things, especially dealing with identity, that I'm thinking about and actually just strip away the technology and just think about information hierarchy um, and how people 
read, essentially. Um, and thinking about things like voting ballots, um, social security forms, your I-9, a lot of these governmental documents and tax forms, I think that these are notoriously bad. I think there are, however, some use cases out there um, from some certain more progressive countries that have done way better jobs of simplifying these things and actually set designers to the task of of reimagining um, some of these experiences, even though they're not digital. Um, and I think that that could be useful to look and see what worked there in terms of how do we structure information hierarchies in these highly technical um, situations where at the end of the day, the user does need to get through all of the steps and implement and input all of the information. But um, it can be painful, but and maybe it's going to be painful. It's a matter of how how much can we lessen the pain? And I think, yeah, I think maybe looking at the pre-internet um, uh, communities uh, could be interesting. What is an exciting new idea in UX, a project or new paradigm that you've recently learned about, maybe even at this event? The thing I've been thinking about is non-fungible tokens. Um, and I think of, again, you know, it's one of the most prevalent examples of anything in this space, but it's CryptoKitties. And CryptoKitties designed a system in which you could generate um, from a number of attributes that were pre-designed, you get a coherent kitty at the end. But the designer who designed this um, system obviously wasn't able to pre-design or or, or validate every iteration of cat. Um, so I think I wonder about generative assets in the future and how to think about designing all of the pieces that come together to create the final asset. So in a way, it's kind of like a design system, but it's a design system for the pieces that create your generative asset to make sure that it always produces something worth having. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Dan Finlay. I'm one of the lead developers and kind of product lead on MetaMask, which is a browser extension that lets you use Ethereum applications on the web. And it's been pretty popular in the last year, and a lot of different kinds of uh, Ethereum-based applications have built their interfaces compatible with our uh, interface. And so uh, it's been a really fun year, and so we've had a lot of kind of the, the first experience of what it's like to provide a user experience for people interacting with blockchain applications, right? Before, it was all just sending money around. Now, we're seeing what it's like to just just do anything, right? And it's a very open-ended problem, and so it's uh, it's been uh, quite, a, quite a thing to think about. How do you like the event so far? Uh, we've actually wanted to have this for a long time. I, I'm, you know, one of the earliest Ethereum wallet developers, and we were, are a pretty small community, and we've wanted to get together and have, like, WalletCon for a long time because we just have a lot of woes in common. I mean, when there's a big crisis on the network, um, like, people may be like, oh, the network's out, whatever, but they are all just ragging on us. Like, they are all, they're emailing us, they're bombing us. It's, it's a very abusive uh, environment at times. Um, you know, we've since staffed up, we have strong support teams now, we have stronger knowledge bases, but, like, when this thing kicked off, when, when the ICO craze started in last uh, June or July, like, it... 
it hit us. It totally blindsided us. We did not know how fast or hard it was going to come. And so, so coming together and, and talking about the, the issues that we're hitting, the things that are holding users back, the things that are confusing them, pain points, and the things that are giving us friction, are, it's just invaluable time to spend together. And it's such a niche part of the blockchain community that, uh, yeah, it, that's why it took so long to do. You know? So what are your thoughts about the current state of UX in the blockchain? The current state of UX on the blockchain is a minimum viable product. It is a beta. It is janky. We slapped it together. You know, most of the stuff that's working, you know, is based. There's parts of our code base that is years old, um, and we are we've been like scratching at how to answer some of these really hard problems that have held people back. And the whole time, there have been basic questions because people come in here and they try to send a transaction and they're like, what is this? They're like, what's gas? What's a nonce? What is a, what is ether? What is, what is this? Why do I have this funny money? You know? And, and then what's that data at the, and then why, why are all these random characters everywhere? You know, it's just like completely incomprehensible. I'm amazed that normal people have put up with the way it is so far, but I think it's the token mania, the, the kind of, uh, prospect of easy riches that has kept people so pernicious uh, to various degrees of success. If you were to pick one, what is the ultimate pain point? What is the biggest pain point right now in UX? The thing that I'm taking away from this event right now, the one pain point that I think that we're all having in common and that I think we need to coordinate to solve is how to comprehensively review transactions that are being signed. And in fact, out of this event, I think I've really completely now broken the line between a signature and a transaction. They're all signatures. They're all just kinds of signatures. And the question is just, what does the signature do? And how can we agree on what a given type of signature is going to do? They're all just user actions. They're all just intentions. And the thing that is breaking up a lot of our community at times is we'll implement different signature methods and they'll be incompatible. And then like, you know, people have proposals, but then they change and like, we can't just stay on the same page. And hey, it's a coordination game. Like, maybe the blockchain can help. What was the mistake? What was a mistake that you would say was taken kind of early on UX-wise that we're now dealing with? And it's not that it's not fixable. It could be fixable. But is there something you think sort of that a wrong path was taken? So the security of the blockchain completely depends on being able to hold a secret in a computer you trust. And early on, people were not used to that pattern and they just kept on putting their private keys into places that didn't belong. And we're just gradually and gradually nudging them safer and safer places. We're just like, we're like, oh yeah, maybe maybe in the, the command line it can just auto sign. And they're like, oh no, no, that's not good. Maybe I can just paste it in this browser. Oh wait, uh, no, they'll just steal it or DNS hack. And they're like, oh, well maybe I can just, uh, you know, uh, do this with it. I mean, so now, now I'm making MetaMask. Now maybe it's in a browser extension. We don't get hacked. Like I, I haven't heard of a user say they get hacked. Like, but you know, if a user got compromised, if their computer got hacked, then they could lose their accounts. Um, so now you know we've also got hardware accounts, and you know the parody's got their signer, and so we, we're just moving the keys further and further out. Basically, it's all just a series of mistakes until you really, really have your keys somewhere you can trust. And we're just going to keep on making mistakes until we like make that easy for everybody. What's a really exciting idea, project, or new paradigm that you're seeing in blockchain UX? Thanks to some really great development in smart contract account design, we're seeing a lot of new uh, ideas around how people can basically get into the Ethereum ecosystem or other, any blockchain basically with lower friction, without maybe seed phrases, without accounts, inviting friends, you know, uh, models where we basically just start 
leveling out that adoption and adoption is like currently a really huge uh, pain so so all these all these new novel ways of, of managing your account and, and getting in easy and having safer recovery like they're really exciting it's i think it's going to massively improve the usability of the whole thing so what are your last thoughts on ux blockchain or this event okay so 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 here i go here's here's the crazy idea i had today okay Basically, if we get uh, the developers of all these different wallets to have some tokens, and then they can use those to vote together to, on a shared registry of uh, signer modules, then we can stop uh, worrying about developing the interface for approving signatures. So like today, whenever there's a new signature type, or if somebody wants to add plasma network, or if they want to add a state channel support, or if they want to add uh, counterfactual state channels, they, they have to like pull request MetaMask, and they have to be like, oh, add support for a thing. And then we have to go into research into design mode. And, you know, and then everyone's like, oh, you take forever to make things. And we're like, well, yeah, we're bottlenecks. You know, why don't you help? Meanwhile, Every single client designer is doing the exact same thing. We're all reproducing approval flows and implementations for every single signature method. So uh, the idea is basically a token curated registry of wallet devs to coordinate around the problem of curating a set of signature methods, their implementations, a little test case, and an approval screen. And if you can make it in a general enough way, you know, like obviously you need it to be portable across platforms. And I know. They vary a lot. You know, it could be MetaMask, it could be your phone, it could be a little hardware wallet. But if you make it general enough, then many clients could benefit from the same registry and we could just have consistent implementations and you, and suddenly people could add new networks and we could be talking between each other and it, people wouldn't have to come down, beating down my door to add their pull request. So you're basically talking about a token curated registry that would help to standardize in a way, like across many different groups, yeah. how things are being built. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I I don't I don't follow the token curated scene as as tightly as I probably should. I have some friends that are very into it. Um, but the general notion is that if the token holders can propose something to be added to a set, and if they if the other token holders say it was malicious, then they slash that person's deposit and they like lose funds. And so it's just a way. It's just like a coordination game for like agreeing on a set of things. So. Um, you know, I don't know how I feel about like slashing funds just for a bad proposal. Like, I, you know, the, if we were going to use it for interfaces, we would probably want to tune it, make it gentler, have a rejection and review process, you know, because we're not trying to kick people out. You know, we, we want to encourage iteration. Um, but, you know, if we're if we replace these signature methods, which have like such absolute names like ETH sign, if we replace that with just like an address of a signature method, suddenly implementation becomes a much more casual thing. You know, it's not like, oh, this is the end all be all of signature types. This is like, this is the signature type I use in my smart contract, you know, and it lets uh, signers become much more versatile and open-ended. Thanks so much for the interview. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it was my pleasure. Hi, my name is Richard Burton and I'm working on a project called Balance. The domain name for it is balance.io. We've just released a project called Manager, which helps you to manage your existing wallets. And we'll be releasing a mobile wallet later this year. So, thinking about UX today, what are your thoughts? Where do you think we're at? Yeah, I think uh, I try and focus on the numbers so that we can just have like a very easy discussion about the realities of where we're at. And I think we have around 30 million speculators in the crypto assets. Uh, and as far as I can see, a roughly 30,000 daily active users of distributed applications. And 
in the kind of hierarchy of people who are down the rabbit hole, that's to say that the top of the rabbit hole is quite wide in terms of people are beginning to enter the space and, and understand that owning these crypto assets is of some interest to them. But very, very few people are actually using them on a daily basis for any value. Um, so I think that's the number we ought to pay attention to as a community is how many people on a daily basis are getting some benefit from a cryptographically powered application uh, or net running on a protocol. What do you think right now is the biggest UX pain point uh, in the blockchain space? I think that the biggest myth that we have got ingrained in nearly all of our minds is that usability and security are at opposite ends of a spectrum. Um, I think that it's extremely hard to bring them together, but it's not impossible. And so the biggest issue we have is key recovery, where right now on one end of the spectrum, you can either use a great service like Coinbase, where you give up access to your private keys, and in return, you uh, kind of pay fees as you use the product, uh, and they kind of invest in amazing security engineers. Or you can kind of go to the other end of the spectrum where you learn about key management, you buy a crypto steal, a hardware wallet, and, and you start to become extremely paranoid and use air gap devices. And there are all, all these things um, which won't appeal to the masses. What do you think could really help to push the user experience in blockchain forward? One of the things I think that is really useful is to just take the existing mental models that people already have and try and slide our protocols into them. And so to take a concrete example, um, there is not a bank in the world that asks you to install a Chrome extension. So this idea of, of money and the storage of value and anything like that, no one uses a Chrome extension. I think MetaMask is a wonderful project as it kind of weaves together the internet and the interchain and you know, kind of links these things that weren't previously linked. Um, but it's not a mental model that people are familiar with. Um, and so our solution to this um, is not novel or special. It's to merely take an existing model, which is WhatsApp's uh, login model, where the kind of the center of the world is the phone and the web app is a kind of satellite. And you use a QR code to establish a connection between the mobile app and the, and the web app. And then those two things can communicate. And this is a very simple protocol we've created, and it's, it's called Wallet Connect. Um, and we think the user experience is just fantastic, and that's the way it should go. And, and a lot of people are very comfortable with doing something on the web and confirming it on their phone, whether it's authenticating with Google Auth or doing a bank transaction and then confirming it in their bank's app. So we think that, and we pay careful attention to any mental models from a user experience perspective that are already there that we can kind of just slide into uh, so that we don't have to teach people new patterns. So what is an exciting new idea that you've either seen today or generally in UX? What are you getting excited about? Yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly excited uh, by Alex van der Sand's work to pull together a bunch of different ideas about how to improve uh, wallet security and usability into uh, this kind of single concept. Um, he's been collaborating with the team at Status, who are fantastic, and they've come up with this notion of a kind of smart contract, almost storage space for your funds that will be described and, and linked to by uh, an Ethereum name service domain. So for example, balance might instantiate the kind of um, uh, rickburton.balancewallet.eth uh, and, and then this this kind of 
base for my funds would then be authenticated against my browser uh, in my, my desktop, my browser on my laptop, uh, my, my browser uh, on, my, on my phone, my browser on my spare phone. Um, and then I could also kind of specify uh, a custodian who I trust to get me back in or a friend I trust to get me back in. Uh, and essentially, the, the, the hub of your funds lives on Ethereum and the ways to sign transactions and kind of initiate them uh, are all kind of uh, the satellites uh, to your existing work. And this is amazing because then you can introduce all kinds of clever logic, such as if I'm spending one ETH a day, just verify on the device itself. If I'm spending 10 ETH, then make sure it's two-factor. If I'm sending all my funds at once, it's got to be triple-factor and my, my dad's got to sign off on it. And, and like, I just think this is genius. And, and we're going to spend an awful lot of time trying to work with them and trying to implement this in the balanced products. So, yeah. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. My name's Bryant Eisenbach. I'm from uh, Connecticut in the United States and uh, got in the space a little last year. Uh, I used to work as a flight software developer um, and uh, got in the space because I saw the need for my particular skill set and trying to apply it to smart contract development specifically. Uh, so I, I do a little bit of contracting. I have a community in my home state and uh, I just... Uh, uh, we have this project for uh, smart contract development guidelines that just got a little bit of Ethereum Foundation funding, and we're looking forward to uh, working on that with some some partners in the space. Um, so, what is your what are your thoughts about the current state of UX in blockchain? I so on, on three separate occasions, I was about fifteen seconds away from sending my ether to a scam address. <laughs> so I think that kind of speaks for itself in a little ways. What do you think is the biggest pain point? Um, I think the biggest pain point is uh, for UX in particular. Um, so I think it's just such a new paradigm that it's, it's hard to identify all the things that are actually really, really different in how this technology operates and, um, you know, it's mostly developers that we work with at this point as far as dap makers. So it's kind of hard to gauge whether something is truly obtuse or just uh, um, technically complicated. What do you think we could actually learn from Web 2.0? So over the past 10 years, a lot of, app, you know, Web 2.0 classical application developers have learned a lot about how to design very uh, clear interactive user interfaces. And um, I actually see that as being a really good thing for this space because we can directly leverage that experience. Uh, most of what Ethereum and, and decentralizing blockchain technologies, to use all the buzzwords, is about um, the backend experience, really. So it's it's really a, it's really a set of technologies made for engineers. It's not quite made for people, but it enables people to do really cool things. What would you describe as the biggest sort of UX mistake that you've seen in this space? I think a lot of people are learning as they go, and most most maybe maybe uh, most of the UX mistakes I see being made is is something being a little too complicated or not well explained i think um the work that uh aragon presented at the conference about adding in into like the comments of the code you create like 
different user messages and stuff that like you kind of bake it into the protocol layer, all the different documentation messaging that you give to users. I think that's really interesting. What are the um, previous experiments or research, maybe from different fields, that you think we could look to in order to push the UX in this space forward? I just think in general, not forgetting about like all the work that has been done, you know, Twitter and Facebook and stuff. They, they spent many years optimizing their, their craft and their applications and a lot of it is shared open source, which is really cool of them. So, uh, you know, don't don't forget about that. I'm not sure if UX in particular is being shared, but the great thing about UX is you can't hide it. It's literally how you interact with the thing. So just use it as good examples of what to do and not to do. So what is an exciting new idea, a project or new paradigm that you've seen in the space? So uh, passwordless authentication, that's something that's never really existed before. Um, and that's super cool to me. We can we can get rid of the password problem by just not having them in the first place. It, it all becomes uh, device-specific authentication keys and that you will um, authorize access to in order to gain access to an application. You don't have to remember passwords. No one does anyways. The system is broken, so let's fix it. Um, do you have any last thoughts that you want to share about UX and blockchain? I think this is one of the fundamental problems of the space that will need to get solved before we're able to convince other people to adopt us. And there's so many different problems that even the regular web space never had to deal with before because now we're including money into our applications that is going to be, it's going to take a lot of effort to overcome. So that is a bit of a sort of a look at some of the interviews that I got to do uh, while we were at the, at the UX Unconf. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool to get a chance to speak to these people. I felt like, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people there that we didn't get a chance to talk to. Um, I really wish we had had a chance to speak to the My Crypto people, but they left before I could grab them. Um, maybe we can get them on another day. But I think the way I'd like to actually wrap up this episode is, um, why don't we also share our final thoughts? So maybe, Frederick, do you want to start? Sure. I think uh, what's been really interesting in hearing everyone talk and, and being at this thing is that uh, there really is a general consensus around uh, the UX problems and that that there are problems that there isn't enough effort and money being spent on you know just designers uh product people um the the all the sort of efforts that go into making a good user experience uh and uh there were super interesting takeaways around like how you do account management and like key management so um alex van der sand had a really great talk on you know, being able to distribute your, your keys and having multiple accounts and like super creative ways of um, basically having zero Ether accounts and then have some other account pay for gas so that you can like distribute identities in a cool way. Um, and like for me, like that's a deeply like technical, interesting solution to what is fundamentally a UX problem. So obviously, there still needs to be a lot of work done on top of this stuff, but um, it's cool to see that like people are thinking about this throughout the whole stack. And UX still is the the main problem. Like it, it's still a massive problem in this space, 
um, in a way, I'm 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 actually a little bit glad that it is such a big problem because it allows us core client developers to like a little bit more breathing room before there's a billion people joining and crashing the network. Uh, but uh, I think uh, it's really really cool and inspiring to see what's going on. Yeah. So uh, t- just to echo the, the the thoughts, I think I, I I my like final thoughts is that I'm actually quite hopeful for the space and. Uh, because like a it's 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 good to see all the like smart people trying to tackle the problems that we have but it's also very interesting to see the people tackle the problems together and actually come together and people who would be in any other like space competitors actually come together and like hey let's let's try to figure this out together because we like all of us have different experiences and we've run maybe different problems with with our users uh, and we can just share our learnings and 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 try to solve those problems together so I think it's 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 also like the the sign of the uh just the quality of the community around Ethereum itself uh that you know the people who build this stuff are are really very collaborative and 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 they you know they are all friends we are all friends uh yeah I I think I think I'm you know just cheering up for 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 solving solving the big problems I feel like there's this new sense of urgency. That's what I got from it. The, these conferences, the EIP, EdCon, not so much maybe, but like the UX event, like these are, they're, they're being put together because there's this feeling like, whoa, they're, this, this space has exploded. These problems that were kind of problems you could just sort of leave for now because they weren't that important. The user base wasn't that big. There was not so much high stakes stuff happening. Um, that time seems to be like over. I think people now really feel that these these issues can't be left alone. They have to start to be addressed. That was the feeling I got from these interviews. And I think a point that really stood out to me was this idea that, I mean, this this was an amazing event and it brought together some of the best like devs and kind of engineering minds and a few product people. But um, I think it was like Johnny... Somebody said, somebody made a point that um, there aren't really enough other types of product people who are participating in the space right now, specifically designers, product designers, UX designers. And one of the reasons is they may be, like a lot of the devs have been able to sort of create and ship quite independently without needing sort of big infrastructural teams. Um Whereas the UX designers and the designer kind of person that, that, that role doesn't quite fit in that like pure decentralized independent model yet. And that it would be really wonderful to find ways to bring more of those people to the table. I mean, I have a lot of friends who are UX designers who are interested, but they actually don't know at all like how to get in or where to get in. Um, and I thought that was sort of a takeaway after this, for me at least, was like, wow, that is something. If if those problems are to be solved, then the community also needs to find a way to bring more of those people in and incentivize them. Yeah, so I guess that sort of concludes our Toronto week of conferences and a little wrap-up of the uh, UX Unconference. Maciej, thanks again for joining us on this episode. Thanks for having me. To our listeners, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. 